0: This is The Relevant Podcast. It's Tuesday, November 9th, 2021, and it's The Relevant Podcast here in Orlando. I'm your host, Cameron Strang. And joining me from Loverland, Virginia, is Jesse Carey. Hello, hello, From Nashville, Tennessee, artist, producer, mogul, Derek Miner. And once again, joining us for uh, the very busy Jamie Ivey is Relevance associate editor, downtown Emily Brown. Hey, Emily.
1: Hey, y'all.
0: Okay. We have a great show for you today. Coming up later, Bethel Music's uh, Jen Johnson joins us. Uh, she has a new book out. And so we talked to her about that. Uh, plus, we have slices. And at the end of the show, we have a very special game. You guys will get to uh, flex your intellect on this one. It's not a trivia game. It's not a trivia game, but you won't want to miss it. Yay!
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: Try to hold back your enthusiasm, Derek. Yeah, yeah, don't sound too excited. <laughs> so, you know, it, I, it's football season. I'm loving. I'm loving that. It's Ooh, fun to watch yeah. football every Sunday, and I want to give an the update. best part. Hey,
0: sports wise, November best month of the year. You got the NBA. You got you got football and the good games, you know, like this is prime time for a sports fan. Love it. Not
1: not only that, the buzz around town here is this eight year old football team that, uh, you know, I've been coaching some very controversial plays. How's that going? I wanted to give an update. Uh, three and two. Okay. Where it looks hey. like we're on the outside in looking at the playoffs. We would have been four and one. I play. And, and I feel like this is just going to be something that's going to be part of life. Now, if I'm going to do this coaching thing, because I'm drawing up a lot of crazy plays, and they've been working. All of a sudden I play this team on Saturday, the best team in the, in the league. The, They got a kid on there who had like a mustache. Okay. These kids are my my team's eight year olds. They got one guy out there who looked like he drove to the game himself. Okay. Like it it was, it was like a grown man play. It was not even fair. Like it was, it was destroying us. I don't know what the proper protocol is. Like I can't ask to ID check some kid. Like maybe he's just, yeah, maybe he's just. The most mature third grader I've ever seen. And it made me very suspicious, but I was also kind of like happy for the kid because if I could go back in time and figure Mm -hmm. out a way to play like football or basketball with 12 year olds when I'm 17. There's no way I'm not doing that. Like that sounds awesome. Like <laughs> unbelievable. Like you could just score at Will I kind of appreciated the kid for doing it, but it was very disheartening as a coach just seeing someone who you know my guys come up to his waist the entire game. It wasn't. It wasn't Are you necessary. for real.
0: Like he was that much bigger than the other children. He was
1: huge. He was huge. I mean, props to the kid. He's a great player, but uh, it did make it difficult. So you know, I didn't. I didn't raise any stinks, but I am. I will say this: next year, if I coach, I need to figure out a way to forge uh, a birth certificate because I'm definitely bringing in a ringer from middle school onto this elementary school squad. That's the only way we're going to win. So yeah, like that's it. the update yeah. on my team. You got to do yeah, what you got to do. It's good.
0: Yeah. It's a good time of year right now. I love it. Sports going on. And, and baseball's over finally, thankfully. Good. So no baseball <laughs> clogging up. sports <laughs> center. no baseball. <laughs> it's just, hey, this is the best sports center right now. It's just football and basketball. I mean, this, is, that this is, is prime is, sports center. It's era. prime sports center. Yeah. I mean, during the summer, they're just talking about off-season football and baseball all day. That's horrible sports. We center.
3: literally had the Olympics this summer. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Still horrible. Not a good Olympics. Yeah,
1: there was. Yeah, <laughs> okay. I mean, it's it's like you know, you know, it's a good, you know, what you're in a weak sports times when you can turn on ESPN and there's like a cornhole tournament on. Okay, it's like all right, we're, we're soft on pro sports <laughs> right now. We just got out of corn. Like when cornhole ends on ESPN, yeah. you know. Okay, it's watchable again. Yeah. And hey, I don't know if you guys seen our buddy. Both Ocho brothers. Yeah. I see them on TV all, all the, time. the time. Like they're both doing college football. Sam's on Get Up all the time. They're taking over that whole network, man. Good for those cats.
0: Okay, we'll move the show along. Stay tuned up next. It's Slices. <laughs> listening to hippocampus the song is boys well today's show is brought to you by uhsm are you tired of rising costs of health care we are too which is why we're glad that there's uhsm unite health share ministries uhsm is a christian health sharing ministry that will put your health first health sharing is not insurance Uh, their programs at uhsm are member-based fellowships where faithful people can take charge of their own health care Please call them today at 1-800-900-8476 or visit their website at uhsm.org to find out more. Again, that's 800-900-8476 or visit their website at uhsm.org. Okay, it's time for...
1: What Do you have Jesse? All right, I have a slice. I just got to say, I miss billiards. I miss billiards when that was on like ESPN too. And the reason is because every billiards player, men or women, they always dress like John, like they walk off the set of John Wick. Like they're always wearing sweet like black dress shirts and black tight pants. Billiards had its own style, man, and it's really sad that it's not on ESPN anymore. Do you guys remember that when billiards? I think you were the only person to ever say that <laughs> that they
3: miss
0: billiards. No, hey, I'm with you. I like. Hey, I'm. I played all last week at that cabin we were yeah. at. They had a pool table and my kid got bit by the billiards bug and made me literally play 50 times a day with him. Yeah. And so we're sitting here like, we got good. Like, I'm like, I'm really like, I'm into pool now and I don't know where to go. Like, I'm not going to take my kid to some CD pool hall. You know, like, where do you go to play pool
1: if you don't have a table at your house? You know I, I mean? think he's ready, yeah. man. I think you need to raise up a, a ranger. Seedy pool hall? I think, yeah, I think. <laughs> teach him how to I, hustle. Yeah, I think he needs... Teach him to, out. Yeah, also, I, I, I like remember it. a couple... I think there were... This is going to date me, but just in nostalgic TV trivia, I think there were two different episodes of Family Matters back in the day <laughs> where Eddie Winslow was getting hustled at pool halls and had to learn a tough life lesson. I, I know for a fact there was an episode because I looked it up years ago. It was called Fast... There's a Fresh Prince episode Fast too. Eddie Winslow. Fresh
0: Prince did that.
1: That yeah. was like, a, like... Back in the day with 90s sitcoms, it was like the three main lessons they want to teach you is like, don't drink and drive, Listen to your parents and avoid getting hustled at pool halls. How many times has that happened to people? Like, why is that a staple of after school specials? Like, stay away from hustlers at pool halls. All to say, Cameron Cohen could be the kid that every all those TV shows were warning us about. He could be the cool pool hall hustler.
0: I love it. All right, so what's your slice?
1: Okay. So, I don't know. This is, there's been, um, this has been talked about for a long time now, for, for, I don't know, for as long as I can remember reading the news. People have been worried about something called the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. And essentially, it's this area of the Pacific Ocean off the, the coast of about mid-California that's twice the size of Texas, where, uh hmm. you know, just the way that currents, global currents work, anything that, or a lot of stuff that ends up in, you know, whether it's rivers or runoff. Off or, or kind of just stuff that is, is picked up off the beach or dumped off boats, eventually, just the way the currents work, a lot of it, especially kind of the heavier plastics, end up in this kind of sp- Spinning vortex out in the Pacific Ocean. It's a big problem. Right. Like, it's like
0: it t- turns into like almost like an island or something.
1: Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Or, or yeah. Okay. And, and so you know, th- there has been really no solution to get this cleaned up for a long time. Well, uh, there's been a pretty big breakthrough in recent. So right now, they say that um, there are uh, uh, approximately eighty-eight thousand tons of plastic. That that is eight point uh, one point eight trillion pieces of plastic uh, in the Great Pacific garbage patch and it's being added to uh, you know what's like the context for that like how big is that like I don't like I don't understand you know what I mean like so so it is imagine the state uh, double the size of the state of Texas or if you're listening from Europe, it's the four times the nation of France. So, massive, massive, hundreds and hundreds of square miles. What? Large.
0: Yeah. Wait, so you could, could you see it from like outer, like satellite and stuff? you see it? Well, the, or is it just like, it's, that's how much stuff is just collectively in the ocean? Yeah,
1: no, no, the, the, that's in the Great Pacific Garbage Patch but the problem with seeing it uh, from a satellite is a lot of it is just below the surface. Um, so, if you're looking um. at it from a satellite, you would still kind of see see like reflections from the sun or like if the wind is blowing the water it's kind of difficult to see from the air because like i said a lot of it's just but below the surface it's just trash all the way down for like i said twice the size of texas so uh see,
0: that's kind of like that's kind of a, a an allegory for me like i look fine on the outside but just under the surface it's all trash oh so. wow, trash
1: wow. i got deep <laughs> just ah, darn. you know <laughs> Listen I may I may look normal but I'm nothing but 8 1.8 trillion pieces of Plastic, you know, Just make trash, trash Just plastic, complete
0: trash on the inside. That's all. So, uh, all
1: right. uh, this past week, a group called the ocean cleanup, which is a nonprofit, uh, uh, you know, made a big announcement that they have developed this new technology that they're calling, uh, they call it Jenny. And I don't know why they named it Jenny. I couldn't, as much as I looked for, I couldn't find the reason, but it's not a bad name. You're a very non-threatening name. Like, ah, oh, Jenny's out there. I've never met a Jenny who hasn't been like, ah, oh, I'm happy to see Jenny. Um, but they have this uh, in uh, kind of technology they're calling. But now I'm
0: thinking through all the Jennies I know of. Like <laughs> yeah. you're yeah. right, I can't think of any negative experience. Jenny experiences. Jennies
1: are pretty affable. Mm. Most of them. I might be alone on that one. Then. Oh, you <laughs> have a bad Jenny. Oh. I want to take a time out for the slice, Emily. It's yeah. time for your bad Jenny story. Clark, give us yeah, the jingle yeah. for bad Jenny story. Go. <laughs> da, 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 yeah, there's no. clearly <laughs> a
0: Jenny story. <laughs> Jenny suck.
1: She's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, okay. So so basi- basically how this works is is it's this large sort of like net contraption, but it has special kind of channels built in that will th- actually direct marine life so they don't get caught in the net. But essentially what they do is they they put one end on a boat and put the other end on another boat and kind of create this giant sort of view that just collects huge pieces of, uh, or, or so it creates sort of this huge sort of like net effect that they can drag behind two boats Uh, so just imagine like half of a net being dragged through the water picking up trash but with special channels so fish and wildlife don't get caught in there
0: but but that makes no sense to me i mean like if it's trying if it can pick up a water bottle yeah it can uh, that's the size of a fish I mean, so if the net is closed up enough to collect the pieces of plastic, dolphins and fish would also be collected. So, so, for,
1: for, so the way I understand it, I watched a YouTube video because I had the same thing. It was pretty difficult to understand. <laughs> on the t- and I'm taking their word for it. They could be scooping up. They, they claimed to they just scooped up sixty three th- pounds, 63,000 pounds of trash. I'm just taking their words. There wasn't like 500 pounds of sea turtles in there. Okay? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know. I just watched exactly. the YouTube video. But I found it pretty fascinating. I think they move it so slowly. They only move move it at like two miles an hour so that okay. the, the impression that I got is, the, is that the fish feel the current away. moving and kind of go under into these kind of hold areas like it's specially okay. designed okay. to avert that but this was actually their first kind of test use of this technology called Jenny um, and uh, they, they in their first pass were able to net 63,000 pounds of trash um, they've also invented this uh, contraption that is it basically looks like a solar powered unmanned boat that uh, goes goes along the uh, uh, river, goes along the the banks of rivers because rivers a lot of the times will just crap will dr- or or trash will drain into them. They will go out to the ocean and it ends up in the garbage patch. But it's this solar powered boat that just kind of crawls the banks of rivers. And it has this sort of like conveyor belt thing that it pulls behind it and it picks up all this garbage that's flowing into rivers and can collect that too. So it's really solution oriented and they're, they're really optimistic that uh, they could reduce the size of the garbage patch by 50% every five years, and by 2040, this group, the Ocean Rescue Project, could reduce the size, this, so this is, in, in the next 20 years, with this technology, they think that they can clean, they can have the Great uh, Pacific Garbage Patch uh, uh, reduced in size by 90%. Now, I have wow. two questions but, here. Why I, didn't I, they just- do- I, have,
0: I have a couple <laughs> of Why didn't they just say, hey,
1: by the year 2045 we'll have it done by 100%. Like why just why yeah. tell us the 90% well, date? If you're going to tell okay. us that far out, why not just give us 100? You said
0: how this garbage patch in the Pacific is it, you said 1.3 trillion tons? Yeah. Okay.
1: No, and no, 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 1, fir- 1.8 trillion pieces, 88,000 tons. Oh,
0: 88,000 tons. Sheesh. Okay. And then okay. So eighty eight thousand tons, and their first day or their first attempt, they got thirty tons, sixty two thousand pounds. Yeah, but, right? but they did know tons. they
1: did know that the first pass wasn't for volume; it was for like testing functionality and stuff. So, so uh,
0: n- there's two factors here. Number one, if they kept that pace up, okay, that's three thousand days they would need to do three thousand days. But that would be no more no more plastic being added. Yeah. So that's my thing is like, this is a
1: perpetual thing. where like, we're still dumping plastic into the ocean every day. That, that, that's true. So how will it ever be solved? Well, and that's true. That's why they said and they, they're hoping by 90% reduction by 2040, because you get the idea that they're going to employ more of these kind of ginny nets around the whole thing and, and really kind of yeah. lock it in. But here's what I found most fascinating. Because like, you know, this is encouraging news. This is the type of stuff that makes you feel good about the world. Like things are getting a little bit better. And so mm-hmm. the, they kept quoting the individual who's in charge of the project, who's the founder of the nonprofit that invented this technology. It's called Ocean, the Ocean Cleanup. It's a Norwegian gentleman named Bayan Slot. Now, or Slat, I don't know how you pronounce it, it's Nordic. But either way, the, the kid, this guy is in, he's like 27 years old, and he's got this giant operation. <laughs> Cleaning up the ocean, he founded this organization at the age of 18 in 2013. At the age of 18, this guy founded an organization that, within a decade, is pulling tens of thousands of pounds of garbage out of the out of the the Pacific Ocean. And an 18 year old launched an organization that now has a plan to eliminate the great or almost eliminate the Great Pacific Garbage Patch in the next 20 years. It made me feel pretty bad about my life accomplishments. It's like, good lord, <laughs> buy and slat. Like, why couldn't you've been like in your 40s or something? You you hatched a plan to eliminate a garbage pile that twice the size of Texas as a teenager. It really made me sad for cool. my own accomplishments. But uh good on you. Good on you. This, this the Ocean generation cleanup project, yeah. You. Get him. Go get him. Do you know do you Zoom know
0: what or... do you know what Generation Force Gump was part of?
1: But he was he was a boomer, right? No. Gen A. What's up, Gen. Gen A? Oh,
2: God. ha
0: ha ha! <laughs> <laughs> the dad joke generation. <laughs> this is uh, Gen Z. Gen Z is out there cleaning up the ocean. Gen A is cleaning up the. ocean. All right. Anyway, you were All really right.
3: happy to share that joke.
0: I was, because I was thinking, I was thinking, the why did he name it Jenny? And I was thinking, maybe he's just a big Forrest Gump fan. Hey, real talk, then, this was all one long
1: setup for that joke. Cameron texted me the story, and he told me the punchline. He said, get me there. He said, me- yeah, he said, just like just like last week, okay? You're D-weight on the break. Just throw it up by the rim. Let me throw that thing down, okay?
0: Give me some name Jenny, and I'll make a Forrest Gump dad joke. All right, what do you have, Derek? All right, so...
2: Did you all hear about, I'm sure we, did we talk about this, that Facebook changed their name from Facebook to Meta? Well, the company. The company, right. Not the 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 app. app, But the company is officially Mm -hmm. changed its name from Facebook to Meta because of the Metaverse. The Metaverse Mm -hmm. is, in a sense, it's the online universe where we will be able to be immersed via uh, VR, uh, have meetings. And they are. uh, And and it's and AR, right? And we'll be able to have totally uh, submersive meetings like this podcast. We'd be able to do this on set and, and, and all those different things. In a virtual environment. Right. Right. So that's, yeah. that's kind of scary. But, you know, hey, this is where we're headed. Well, some of you... Is I, a, I, what do you think about that?
0: What do you think about first
2: that? First off, I, the last thing that I want... It's Facebook that's totally submersive and immersive. Like, I don't want any of that. Like, I don't want to be arguing. It'd be
0: like walking into an old Wild West saloon. Yeah, I'm Just cool. everybody's screaming and throwing beer at each other. That sounds cool. pretty fun. Not gonna no, lie. It's, it's I've awful. always wanted to be in an old oh, saloon. It sounds fight.
2: awful. It sounds like hell. <laughs> like,
0: what's that? IHBO show, Westworld or something? Yeah, that's that, the metaverse. It, it yeah, sounds that.
1: like every bad sci fi movie we've who ever hasn't watched. Wanted, who hasn't wanted to get like an old. Old fashioned saloon fight where it's more like put your dukes up kind of situation and you grab yeah. the bad guy and you just run him down the surface of the bar while they're going like, whoa,
0: whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm and just then you swing thinking away about, on the
1: chandelier. Jesse, I'm just
2: thinking about the stress that people have being on Facebook. For real. And then imagine making it virtual reality. (laughs) Like People are already stressed that it's just text. We're just texting each other mad right now. Like like imagine making it VR and then people can like, I I just, you know, I I don't Mm -hmm. know. And then I'm thinking, you know, Elon Musk is coming up with the Neuralink thing where you could just link straight to the computer Mm -hmm. with your brain. Mm -hmm. I just don't know if this is going to end well, but we have hope in the middle of all of this because- there is an algorithmic singer named JC who's gonna usher us to <laughs> Jesus in worship. An AI worship artist.
0: Uh-huh.
2: Mm-hmm. I, I, just, I just He's
0: gonna be a real thing in the metaverse. He's a real I, thing are we, are we, in
2: the metaverse. He's he already a got album. a song out right now. A song and out. guess what, guys? Yeah. It don't sound that much different than the songs that's out already.
0: It doesn't. Like, he, it doesn't. They,
2: he has nailed. The formula Like I'm almost Starting to ask Are some of the Worship artists Actually AI And they just Phoning it in Already, well, already Let's play there. a clip.
0: Let's let, Hold on Let's play Let's play a clip Of This is true Everything Derek's saying Is true There is an AI Worship artist Named JC Who's releasing music And the first single Is out now So this is completely AI Here's a clip Of the song
2: So won't you Give
3: me your life For the rest I wanna have it all with you I wanna have it all with you And when you open your
0: eyes I'll be there by your side I wanna have it all That was completely AI generated I wanna have No humans involved
2: Yes yeah, um Emily, go ahead, because you've been trying to hop in. And I know you got the best take. Come no. on, Emily.
3: <laughs> Well, okay. I have been thinking, laughing, crying, because it was so funny to me. Um, but the song, what confuses me, and maybe I just don't understand technology, the voice sounds like a real person. I was expecting the song to sound like a robot, and maybe I'm alone in that. But when you listen, like the song, it's a real person's voice. How does the... How does the AI sound like that? I have so many questions. I need a technology person to answer you're all right. of my questions. You know, questions because
0: like me. even like Alexa and Siri, those voices are humans that have recorded those words, and then yes. it, you know it turns it into sentences and stuff. So you're right. Like, who did did this J C thing like generate the lyrics, and then a human sang it? I don't know. You're right. That is a big nah, question.
2: I mean, you can actually get voiceover like a like I, you can actually type in something and have someone do a voiceover. Uh, Like have an AI do a voiceover and it sound pretty, pretty natural. Oh, no. Interesting. I do right. have like
1: sort of a, a spiritual thought experiment real quick, though, like, you know, I don't know exactly how this technology you know, functions, but like hypothetically, if there was an algorithm that was able mm-hmm. to like basically scan popular worship songs and use some sort of methodology to look at what are the most rewound parts of that songs or what choruses are repeated the most, whatever, whatever kind of metrics they use. And this computer algorithm creates a, a worship song. That is mm-hmm. so detached from any sort of actual spiritual insight from an actual human that is literally just mm-hmm. created by a computer. Does that discount the worship experience you would have while while performing or singing that song? Like if you felt like
0: I think that? it's about your heart isn't it? and and about you singing the words that that are coming from you. I mean, so I don't think it matters who but, wrote the words, does
1: it? Yeah, but but I'm but that's the question. If these have no human origin. Like if a robot, if this is a robot's projection of what Christian spirituality is and you adopt that into into your spiritual practice, you know, does that create any sort of spiritual conundrum or is it or am I overthinking it? I, I don't know. I, I mean, I could be.
3: No, I'm with you with uh, on Jesse because like I, it feels very weird that I would mm-hmm. like have a spiritual connection through like technology and robot. I'm just not used to that. And apparently that's where the world's moving. So I guess I should get used to it, but it, it does make me feel uncomfortable. Like listening to the song, it was not a good experience.
0: Cause like, even if humans used uh computer tools to write like the rhyming dictionary yeah. or something like that, at least then it's even though the computer is giving me options, I'm using insight or anointing or prompting to know which to what to choose, what to write, what is what I want to say. And you're right. What is the conscious decider or filter if it's all AI? You're right. That's weird. Well, Spirit, for spiritual content, yeah. it's weird. I would put it this way.
2: This is a different way of thinking about it. How many artists don't really even believe what they're singing, but they sing it every morning for a check? Yeah. Ooh. So, I mean, if if I guess that's the same, if if that person can usher you to Jesus in, in that emotional feeling, I don't know why AI couldn't.
1: Yeah, that, that's a good point. Like, what what is more, uh, you know, is there any difference between disingenuous uh, spiritual lyrics versus ones that are, you know, computer generated? It's an interesting, I don't know, it's an interesting kind of thought experiment, you know? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know.
2: I you know <laughs> I remember thinking when my my grandparents were older and they would be like man the world is just changing so fast and being like ah you gotta get with the times grandpa grandma now I'm like ah I get it <laughs> yeah I'm like I get yeah. it yeah. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. get it I'm sure they never thought you know they'd be seeing AI worship bots but it, we're because
1: here. I mean Honestly, you could picture an algorithm where you could say, I want to do a sermon on love. I want to do a sermon on justice. I want to fill in the blank. And you could could imagine an algorithm that could go and write a sermon on that. Right. But, you know, is that a healthy spirit? Would that be like a healthy or unhealthy spiritual practice or would it would is it kind of an indifferent one? I don't know. But it is interesting to think about because it seems within the realm of technical possibility. And
3: it makes me wonder, when are we going to get the first like A.I. pastor and like, how does that work? You know, because I'm sure someone's thinking about that.
1: Oh, he's out there. Have you ever met Andy Stanley? Have you ever met there. Andy Stanley in person? Yo, I would no, not be no. I would not be <laughs> shocked if that guy was an AI robot. You know, if he had if he oh. i I'm not hey, say-
0: I've been to the Hall of Presidents at Disney and Andy Stanley could be up on that stage <laughs> very I'm easily. <laughs>
1: I'm, I'm not I'm not that's not, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. The guy's very polished, but I'm just saying I've sat and across the table from him. It would if if he peeled off his face and it was like T one thousand under there, I'd be like, oh that that's about right he's he's the he's a he's a robot pastor that would not shock me that's not an insult to him he's just very polished in it
0: you know yeah all right emily what do you got i
1: have
3: just an incredible slice i do need to read the beginning of this is from uh, the independent um okay this is the intro. A very British pet parrot named Nigel has been reunited with his owner after disappearing four years ago, but he now speaks Spanish. So
2: (laughs) (laughs) a lot to
3: unpack. So let's just get into it. The parrot's name is Nigel. Um, Nigel is a gray African parrot and he flew away from his home um, in California, Um, but his owner is British. Um, And so, you know, parrot's quote unquote speak I still don't get that personally but that's fine um, and he returned he left four years ago has now returned and apparently he now is in s- African Grey yes
0: okay they do speak there are certain parrots that just mimic African Greys understand language they learn words and the meaning of words and then craft thoughts using the words that they know it's language it's speaking so they're not just parrots like that. yeah that's insane yeah, they're very intelligent Andy
1: Stanley's church had one preach a sermon one Sunday. <laughs> oh my god. It gosh. was it was, yeah, it was
0: that parrot heard seventeen hundred Andy Stanley sermons and then distilled <laughs> them down to an original sermon spoken by the AI parrot. Yeah. Mm-hmm
3: so moving. Um, okay, yeah, so now the owner 43 has 43 people his, came
1: to the Lord that day. Just don't he, discount he conflated it. crackers with manna, but we'll give him a pass. That was, I <laughs> yeah. mean, it was still pretty good. There's a you bit know? of a language yeah. barrier. So you get it. it was... It was, it was yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, um,
3: okay, so the bird <laughs> is back. So Nigel the bird is now back, but apparently he speaks Spanish, and his name is Larry. So uh, there's... I mean, I am mad at it. this owner fully believes that this is his parrot, Nigel. Um, he said that when he saw him, he just knew. And okay, I personally hate birds. We won't get into that. We'll save that for another podcast. But I don't know how people can look at a bird and say, oh, that's my bird. They look the same. Uh, I, I don't know if anyone would debate me on that. But I don't know how you can just look at a bird and know that it's your bird. So the fact that this bird now speaks a different language and has a different name i think it's just a different mm. bird but this man has convinced himself it's his long lost bird there you go how long how
1: long was nigel how long was nigel <laughs> gone larry for, out buzzing around nigel it's larry just now this is a
0: saul paul situation jerry or jerry <laughs> you're jerry now how long do parrots <laughs> live
1: how long do parrots live like 40 years like, oh, four years
0: that 70 I- years 40- 70 years they live forever that can't be right. Look up how long African grads... its like human length. I am—it's human length. A lot This is a Saul Paul situation. He left as Saul. He came back as Paul, a Spanish-speaking Larry. All right. Well, there's a lot more that where that came from. Go check out uh, slices at the website. That'll do it for slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Jen Johnson joins us. <laughs> Listening to Bell, the song is Mason Jar. Now, what's funny is Bell, all caps, B-E-L, Mason Jar, all lowercase. You know what they did there? They're capitalization snobs. They're very, in they're messing with it. I like it. Well, today's show is brought to you by BetterHelp. It's something preventing you from being happy or achieving your goals or keeping you from experiencing peace. With the heaviness of all that's happening in our world, it can be difficult to find purpose and joy sometimes. And that's why there's BetterHelp. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You connect in a safe and private online environment. You can start communicating in under 24 hours. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. To top it all off, BetterHelp is more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. We want you to start living a happier life today. So as a relevant podcast listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting BetterHelp.com/slash-relevant, join over one million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's BetterHelp hel com slash relevant Our guest today is Jen Johnson. She's a worship leader and the co-founder of Bethel Music. Jen and her husband Brian have led worship in churches all over the globe for over twenty years. Well, she's also publishing her first book, "All Things Lovely: Inspiring Health and Wholeness in Your Home, Heart, and Community." Uh, She sat down with our very own downtown Emily Brown to discuss how we can pursue a holistic lifestyle and why it's more important to take care of our internal and external surroundings. Here's our conversation with Jen Johnson.
4: To write a book for a while, but just didn't, you know, the timing didn't feel right. And um, just wanted to write a book kind of about all the things that I'm passionate about, uh, ultimately just with the goal to lead people to Jesus and living a healthy Christian life connected to God. So as I started to write it, I, I knew that I don't like to read. Um, it's just not <laughs> my favorite and I love pictures. So I knew that I wanted to do a picture book And uh, I happen to have a best friend who is an insanely gifted photographer. She did um, probably about 90% of the photos that are in the book. All the good ones, at least. Um, The crappy ones are not hers. (laughs) They're from my iPhone or something. But um, yeah, so I just knew I wanted to really just show life and just show what I'm passionate about. My children, our home, um, gathering people, hospitality, food. I love food. Um, helping parents, uh, learn to feed their families, healthy, um, emotional health, spiritual health, and just the value of following the Holy spirit in our daily lives. So, um, I was going to call it lovely. And then there were so many things in it that the team were like, why don't we call it all things lovely? Um, especially cause one of my core verses is the verse about, um, whatever is lovely think on these things.
3: You know one of the things I really appreciated was that you did focus on kind of taking care of the internal and external things, which I think is something a lot of people miss um, so i'd like you know I kind of just want to hear why do you think it 's important to equally take care of you know what 's on the inside but also what 's around us
4: Yes, hundred percent um living holistic and thinking like that that everything matters um, because it does I think is really important. You know, you can't just. Um, the Bible says, "Run the good race set before you," and you can't just do a race without training for it and preparing for it, and and thinking about your whole life kind of around that. And so, you know, I think coming from, I love the church, and coming from just watching people's lives over the years who um, have had moments um, of maybe notoriety or uh, running the race and um, not having longevity and. And not ending well. You know, you see it throughout the Bible and you also see it in in modern times as well, but but really kind of pulling it back and going, okay, how are people who are still to this day going for it? Like Cece Winans is one of my heroes. And, you know, she just, she's beaming. She's like 57. She looks like she's 25 and she loves the church. She's planted. She's leading people. She's still doing the gift of God in her life. And, um, you know, people like that really, move me because there's longevity connected to it. So um, I think that that's just a a big one for me is just run the good race. What does it look like for you to be emotionally, physically and spiritually healthy? Personally, that looks like I need to spend more time in the word. I have five kids in a zoo of a life and I, I'm working personally right now to spend more time in the Word because it's a lifeline and an anchor. So, you know, we're all on a journey. There's no shame. But I hope the book really encourages people um, or kind of, you know, triggers them in different ways to go. Oh, wow. Yeah. Lord, I I feel you on that. I, I need to get healthier in that area of my life and that they lean into to his leading to get healthier.
3: absolutely believe people will read this and feel that tug that, you know, something needs to change or something needs to start. Um, but I think sometimes getting started can be a really hard first step. So you know, yes. if you have any advice for someone who, you know, they want change, but they just don't know how to get that.
4: Yes, absolutely. Isn't that the real struggle? Um, you know, whether it's physically in your house, um, everybody usually has a junk drawer. And you know, the only real way to tackle a junk drawer is to pull that flipping thing out, dump the whole thing on the counter, and deal with the mess. And so I think acknowledgement, whether it's uh, an, a messy area of your house or a messy area of your life, is to go to someone and put it out on the table. Just put it all out. Hey, here's where I'm at. Here's what I'm going through, good, bad, ugly. And I need help. You know, people, I don't think, say that phrase enough. I need help. And we all do. There's not a human on the planet that doesn't need help. You know, my husband just hired a trainer um, because. Although we we really have a lot of um, value for physical health, you know, he just knew to get to that next step in his life, he needed help and he needed to hire a trainer. So again, we're all on the journey and just finding out what works for you and what you need, but put it on the table and get the help you need.
3: One of the things I want to know is um, what are you hoping people that read this, you know, what, what's the message overall that you want them to kind of get out of this?
4: More than anything, my my passion for writing this book comes from a scene in Narnia where um, Aslan and Lucy, were, where Lucy follows Aslan into the woods where she can't, you know, no one believes her. And um, it's just this iconic scene in the Chronicles of Narnia as a little girl where Lucy followed the Holy Spirit when it didn't make sense. Um and she followed him. And I think that's the invitation that I want people to get hungry for is that knowing the Lord and listening for his voice and, and knowing him by his spirit and in his word and and just getting hungry for that and knowing that that is our daily bread, that is manna, um, is his voice and his word in our life every single day. And it centers us and it focuses us um, and worship is around that. You know, when we worship, um, it just not only tells God who he is, but we become like him, which is his heart for us, that he, as a father, that we would. So um, that is my ultimate goal in this book, that we would live healthy and connected to God on a deep level uh, on a daily basis.
0: That was Jen Johnson. You can read more of that conversation over at relevantmagazine.com. Do it. Okay, stay tuned up next. It's our game. It's called Word Nerd. Sorry that I kissed you off. Lost my phone, out of touch. Called in love and called my love. Fell asleep. I missed the bus again. It's
1: always tough time.
0: listening to luke wild the song is pack a punch okay it's time for do you know these words do you know word nerd okay so if y'all don't know the context it's big news in the literary world last week miriam webster announced how many new? How many new words, Emily? I think it was like a hundred and like five hundred. I don't know. Oh. It was a couple hundred easily. I don't remember exactly. A couple hundred new words were added to the Merriam-Webster dictionary. They do this every year. They they add words. Uh, you know, it's like some of the slang gets added, stuff like that. So this is a game, kind of based around that. Here's Ty- Tyler wrote this intro. Language evolves over time. It always has, but the internet has greased the rails of change, making the shifts of our daily vocabulary ever more rapid. In today's world, words come and go for popular usage, like the shifting of tides, and it's difficult to stay on top of it. Fortunately, Merriam-Webster has a team of experts, and they add a batch of new words to the dictionary every year. Most recently, the team added over 450 new words to the dictionary, official words. Many of them you're probably already familiar with, like words like dad bod and super spreader event. These were added to the dictionary but some of these words have sneaked into the mainstream through other fields like Gen Z pop culture and strange corners of the internet. This game will test your knowledge of the current state of the English language by giving you words added to Merriam-Webster this year. You must correctly use that word in a sentence. You may ask for a hint before using the word in a sentence, but doing so will affect your point value. Tyler's a stickler for this. You will get two points for correctly using the word in a sentence with no hints. You will get one point for correctly using it in a sentence with with the hint, and you'll get no points if you use the word incorrectly in a sentence. You guys got it? Got it. All right, here we go. Emily, you're the word person. You're up first. Okay. The word, this is one word, copypasta copy pasta it's spelled like the two words copy and pasta yeah. but it's one word oh do you know that can you use it in a sentence or do you need a hint i do need a hint the hint is it has to do with information on the internet uh do you need a definition or are you just gonna go for
3: it yeah can i have a definition <laughs>
0: Definition. Data, such as a meme, a block of text, or a whole story that has been copied and spread widely online. Copypasta can be lighthearted meme, or it can have a more serious intent with a political or cultural message. So basically, I just gave you the answer, and you got zero points. Yeah. Because you never used it. So, so,
1: so, so for example, I'm, yeah, you, you get... You, you could, you could, you could, for example, be like I ended up on a grassy knoll in Texas this week, waiting for the return of JFK Jr. Because I think I read some bad copy though. There on 4chan. you go. That's out on four chan. All right, Jesse, you're up. Here's the word teraflop. Teraflop. Uh, I'm definitely going to need a hint here.
0: The hint is it is primarily used in gaming.
1: Dang it. Oh well, that's why I don't know. Um, I would say. um <laughs> t- I'm just going to take a stab in the dark here. Um, when I used to play Madden 2011 with Michael Vick on the cover, uh, they, other teams would teraflop when I scrambled out of the pocket with them. Incorrect. It's about processing speed. Uh, here's an example. Sentence. Sony is also
0: promising 10.28 teraflops of performance, which is nearly 15% less than the Xbox Series X. So it's like, you know, processing power. Teraflops. So glad they added that to the dictionary. There you go. Okay. Derek. Your word is oobleck, O-O-B-L-E-C-K, oobleck. Do you need a hint? Go ahead and give him the hint. (laughs) You may have encountered this in science class. No, no, I don't give know no hint. Ooh, look at the
2: oobleck on it. Yeah, I don't think so. All
0: right, the definition is it's a, it's a mixture of cornstarch and water that behaves like a liquid when at rest and like a solid when pressure is applied. Uh, a quick uh, sample sentence. A quick tap on the surface uh-huh. of oobleck will Why make you it feel hard either? because it forces the cornstarch particles together. But dip your hand slowly into the mix and see what happens. Your fingers slide in. That is
1: a like, long bro. sentence.
0: I knew yeah. all the oobleck. other ones. I was say, <laughs> Why would you by, give technically, me? Technically,
1: I don't oovlet, think Derek. Bro. I think his. I think his. His sentence half- worked. Ooh, would you look at that yeah. oobleck? I think technically he got it. <laughs> I mean that technically works. Like you're right. You're right. You, know what? You're right. you convinced letter me. Of the law two here. points for yeah. Derek. Whoa! No, 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 no. Look point, at that. Point. Point. I mean, if I now now that you described it, if so, I was in a science class and they're playing with <laughs> oobleck, I'd probably say, "Ooh, would you look at that oobleck!" I heard about one that.
0: point. One point. Yeah, you're right because I said the hint. You're right. One point for Derek. Here we go. Round two. <laughs> Emily, uh, astroturf used as an adjective. Astroturf used as an adjective was added.
3: An adjective. You need a hint. Yes.
0: This is used to describe a certain type of political effort. Astroturf.
3: Um. I don't okay. Know. The answer I is losing.
0: falsely made to appear grassroots. Falsely made to appear grassroots. So it's like fake grass, not real grassroots. Yeah. It's fake grassroots. His sample sentence: Turns out that billionaires bankrolled the astroturf backlash against critical race theory in education.
3: Yeah, I would not. So billionaires that bankrolling
0: the astroturf backlash. It's not real, authentic grassroots backlash. It was con- con- conjured up. All right, uh, Jesse. Ghost kitchen.
1: Oh. I ordered a delicious pizza from a new uh, restaurant in town mm-hmm. that turned out to just be a ghost kitchen of a rundown Chuck E. Cheese yep. during the pandemic.
0: Well, not a rundown Chuck E. Cheese. It? It's, I mean, but it's it's, it's for these delivery services. You're close. I mean, you're, you probably got it. it, it it's it's a, a restaurant that is only a kitchen and doesn't serve actual customers. It's only made for delivery services. So you can have like an the, Outback the Steakhouse only... that's a ghost kitchen and it'll deliver Outback, but it's not a place you can visit.
1: The, the the only reason I said Chuck E. Cheese, because there was a story during the pandemic of someone who opened up their like Yelp or Uber Eats or whatever and it was like, oh new pizza place. Mm-hmm. And they ordered it and it was like, hey, this isn't bad pizza. They looked at the map and it was actually the delivery service of Chuck E. Cheese that uh that just, just rebranded Pascals. for people to pick up pizza from the restaurant. Which, uh, hey, you know, we gotta hustle out there, Chuck E. Cheese. Appreciate
0: it. P- All right, Derek, you're up. This is is in your lane a little bit. Otaku. OT. A-K-U, Otaku. You keep giving
3: Derek the really weird ones.
0: <laughs> Bruh, I swear. Um,
2: did you see Na- the
0: latest Naruto? He was tearing <laughs> up some Otaku. No, it's a pop culture term about a certain kind of fandom. A person having an intense oh. or obsessive interest, especially in the fields of anime and man- oh. manga. Often used before another noun, so anthropomorphism is a very con- is very oh, common close. in otaku. Sub- you were cultures. actually really close. So there you go. It's hmm. close. Uh-huh. close. All right, last last round. Here we go, Emily. You are up. Blank check company. Can I have a hint? Uh, this business term is as shady as it sounds. Blank check company. Can I phone a friend? Um. <laughs> I the definition. Yeah. You're giving up. You're over for 3. <laughs> yeah, I'm not winning this. Uh, a, corporate shell, a corporate shell set up by investors for the sole purpose of raising money through an IPO to acquire another business yet to be determined. So it's a fake company. Blank check. It's just being created to go buy. I would not have guessed company. that. So there you go. Uh, Jesse, yours is sapiosexual. Sapiosexual. <laughs>
1: I feel like whatever I answer Whoa. could get me in trouble. Tread here. lightly, my um, brother. This is, is a real, real word
0: weird. added to the Merriam-Webster dictionary this year. All right, yeah, I'm going to definitely
1: need a hint, so I don't uh, say The hint is that. you probably have this
0: certain type of romantic attraction. You probably have this certain type of romantic attraction.
1: Uh, uh, I am a sapiosexual Or people who like the same Sherman Williams paint color as me? I don't. I don't know. Don't tell me this is uh, uh, relating to or characterized by sexual or romantic attraction
0: to highly intelligent people. So you could say like Mm -hmm. uh, those who are sapiosexual find the capacity to carry a witty, clever conversation to be the most attractive trait in a person.
1: Well, I can certainly. I I certainly. I I was thinking sapiotones, (laughs) and so uh, you know this works too. This works too.
0: Okay, uh, last one, Derek. Hey, Clark. What's the score? I believe I mean I believe it's Emily well Emily at zero. Uh yep. Emily's zero I think, and there's one one, I think. Yeah, I think it well I
1: don't know if I, I don't know if <laughs> I got one. Oh by Chucky e. Cheese one, I guess technically. Yeah, you're yeah, E. Cheese one. So Derek yeah, is, yeah, you got no you got two for that one. Derek
0: has one, you have right, two right. by Tyler's scoring system. Derek, you can win it right here. Here it is. Your yours your word is Hayuga. Uh, right. It's it's spelled H Y G G E, but it's pronounced Hyuga. Do you need a hint?
2: <laughs> go on and give me then the... Uh, well, Jesse. if I get a hint, then yeah. I'll, I, I'll tie it. Well, you know what? We just do to try to force it. Go. an overtime. I do have an overtime if you need uh, it. All right, the hint is a certain type
0: hit. of aesthetic that's also becoming a way of life. A certain type
2: of aesthetic that's also becoming go. a way of life. Did you hear about uh, Tyler? He was out there on his hayuga. Uh,
0: no, it's a definition. is a cozy quality that makes a person feel content and comfortable. A sentence would be like, "I believe now in the midst of a pandemic is a perfect time for people to embody hayuga by focusing on the present moment, spending quality time with people who make them happy, finding peace."
2: Yeah, he was on his hayuga. He you was. You know what? On I'll his, give it to he you. Yeah. too. Like
0: Here's Aww. the overtime. Here's the overtime. Uh, Jesse, fourth trimester.
1: Fourth trimester. This is added to the Miriam Western's oh. dictionary this year. It's really hard to get some sleep because my newborn is on the fourth trimester and uh, is basically still a baby. It was basically still a, a fetus. Uh, Kind of. I mean, I think we,
0: here's the thing. Here's the definition. The three-month period immediately following birth in which the mother typically recovers from childbirth and adjusts to caring for her infant. So you're talking about a thing that happened in those first three months, with your newborn. That's the fourth trimester is what they're calling it. I'll I think that counts. It. Yeah.
1: I'll take it. All right. Watch yourself. Watch yourself, I think that's a two-pointer.
2: see if I can BS my way to another All right. Another here we point. go. He
0: got two, though. He didn't even get a hint. Here's yours, Derek. Here it is. Halo therapy. Halo therapy.
2: I'm going to church to get some halo therapy.
0: Uh, no, the definition is the therapeutic use of salt, usually by inhalation of an aerosol composed chiefly of fine salt particles and circulated in an enclosed area. Halo therapy is used as a treatment for asthma, bronchitis, and allergies. There's, you know, those well, salt I go
2: to it. I go to a church where JFK Jr. did not come back and
0: everybody was salty. <laughs> so... Hard halo to argue theory. with that. Uh, I th- you know what? It's hard to argue with it. Uh, you know they. I don't know if they're a big thing where you're at, but there's salt rooms all over my city, and you just go oh, sit yeah, in a chair. Yeah, and they everywhere. just that's halo they're therapy. Everywhere. But yeah. All right. Well, that'll do it for. Do you know these words? Do you know word nerd? Congratulations, Jesse. Mm, you're a good. master of words. I'm yeah.
3: just glad to be here. That's all I feel.
0: well many thanks to jen johnson for joining us today you can order her new book all things lovely it comes out today go check it out also um check out the faith section at relevant and there you will find our daily devotional series deeper walk which is presented by our friends at lumo there's a morning devotional every weekday and you can also sign up for the deeper walk newsletter to get it delivered to your inbox Um, Also, check out the fall issue of Relevant. It's available at the site as well. Just click on the magazine tab. And it's an amazing collection of features featuring Jessica Chastain. Jennifer Hudson. Uh, the list goes on and on. It's an amazing group of uh, content. And it's available ad-free and for free thanks to um, our presenting sponsor, UHSM. Go check it out. Uh, also, make sure to follow Relevant on all the on the socials. Uh, we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram all day, every day, uh, pumping out new content. Uh, it's a great way to keep in touch with everything that's going on. Okay. On that note, we will wrap it. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Emily Brown. I'm Derek Miner. And we will see you on... Friday. Have a great week, everyone.
3: Thanks for listening to the Relevant podcast. Check out our features, interviews, and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com. And make sure to follow Relevant on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest. For more great podcasts, browse the shows on the Relevant Podcast Network, which you can find at our site. And while you're there, don't miss the all new era of Relevant Magazine, a new issue releases every other month at RelevantMagazine.com.
1: would you look at that ooh black relevant podcast network
2: everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day that crispy fish that savory tartar sauce that melty cheese that pillowy bun yeah you get it